Even downright cutting, buddy, buddy Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy But there's still buddy cast No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on buddy cast Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Surprise! It's a Wednesday <laughs> evening, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is my good buddy, Mike. How many of you out there are dog owners? How many of you are looking for a new groomer, looking for some training tips? Just something that can really just enhance the life of your pooch. Well, Buddy Cast is your answer today. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you awesome. for taking the time to join us today. I know my we're going to help a lot of people. So let's start from the beginning, my friend. What sparked your interest in working with dogs and getting into dog training? Um, it's kind of a weird story. Uh, my one grandfather, when I was little, my one grandfather had German shepherds. Mm. My other grandfather had poodles. Mm -hmm. But I was always uh, intrigued when I was little. My my one grandfather would have a German shepherd, and you know how German shepherds were very protective and things like that. Yes. So sir. I would go over to their house, and the dog would start barking at me. And I was like ten years old, but all he would do, the dog would be acting like a nut. He'd go ah, ah. and that's the Tony is, and instantly the dog would change its reaction and calm down and listen to him. And I was like, that's the coolest stuff I ever saw in my life. So I always thought about that moment. And then when I went in the military, I was going through the police academy and they had some canine guys come in. And they said, uh, they did their little spiel and they said, does anybody want to try out for canine? I didn't know you had to try out for it. You know, They go, we pick you, you don't pick us. But I always thought back to that moment when I was 10 and my grandfather changed the German Shepherd's behavior by just going, ah, ah. And I thought that was so awesome how he did that. And I just remembered that. I said, well, I'll try out for K-9. And luckily, I tried out, and they, they picked me. And that's how I all got started with that. Beautiful. We had a, I had a German Shepherd growing up, and I swear that dog was a human in a dog's body. Oh, yeah. She understood everything you said. She knew every command. She was trained in German, but quickly picked up English. And she even saved my little brother from drowning one time. Really? My grandmother or my mom had my little brother in the pool. He was two or three. He wasn't able to swim or anything like that. And the dog was just laying in the shade off to the side. All of a sudden, something happened. Like my mom got distracted for a second and lost her grip. My brother went under. All of a sudden, the dog raced from the raced from like the total opposite end of the yard, dove into the pool, nudged him up, got out of the pool, shook herself off, and just laid back in her spot like it was nothing. Ah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Meanwhile, everyone else has their jaws to the ground, basically. Freaking out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you happen to own a business here in Erie, Pennsylvania called Lake Erie Canine Services. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, Lake Erie Canine, basically there's like kind of three components of it. Uh, we have the, the dog training portion, which is Lake Erie Canine. And then we, I have the Lake Erie Canine to five dog daycare, which is in Lawrence Park. And then TLC Grillman is uh, one of our businesses. And it's also, well, TLC Grillman, I'm kind of rebranding it. It's going to be called Lake Erie Canine Grooming. 
mm. probably within the next several months just to try to brand it the same. But right now it's, it's TLC Grooming. And I mm. bought it several years ago as TLC Grooming. And I thought I'd keep that name for a little while. So, and TLC Groom is right next to the dog daycare and then dog training I uh, I do and my other trainers we do at uh, at the dog daycare in the evenings we do group classes but we also do private training too. So. Ooh, could you explain some of your services to us? Um, just give us the yeah. brief uh, So for dog training we do we do private sessions. We can do private sessions at the client's house or we do private sessions at my building. Um, if we come out to their house, it's their hour-long sessions. You can do. I'm kind of old school, so you can do one session, or you can do ten sessions. There's really no con- there's no contract. Uh, we do a lot of behavior modifications. We get a lot of people say, "Hey, my dog's doing X, Y, and Z. I need you to fix it." And most of the time, we can help them out within an hour. If they need a couple more sessions, we do it. Um, and we also do group classes. We do. We call it Canine Boot Camp. And uh, just because of my background, we call it canine boot camp, puppy boot camps. So we usually do four or five dogs per class. Uh, they run six weeks, one hour a week for six weeks. And it's one thirty for all six of the puppy classes. And we go over the basic stuff, sit down, stay, you know, come back to me, walk next to me when I walk. And if you have any behavioral problems, we try to kind of help the owner out with the behavioral problems at home. And the, the way I'm different and that we are different than other dog trainers is some trainers will spend an hour trying to teach their dog your dog its name. I don't waste your time with that. I go over. I'll show you how to do advanced obedience if you want to do advanced obedience. But if not, then I'll show you how to do just regular basic obedience. And I have two other fantastic trainers that work with me. Uh, Tony Tony D. He's a retired uh, city canine cop of about like twenty years, mm. and uh, he's been with me for several years. And very very knowledgeable guy with dogs. He used to raised German Shepherds, as a matter of fact, and uh, he's a great asset. And Gary, uh, Gary S., he's one of our trainers. Uh, he's uh, he's also a law enforcement background, and he does a lot of our puppy classes, and people love him. He's, he's fantastic. So, wow. so I got me and three other, two other trainers, and then groomers and, and daycare people. <laughs> Ooh. What about some grooming services for anyone who's looking to pretty up their pup? Oh, yeah. We've got, we got three groomers. Uh there are a couple of them are very knowledgeable and you know, some of them just went through training and they're, but they're doing very well. But uh, I like to get my groomers from other grooming places. So they have a lot of experience. The other mm-hmm. grooming places don't like that quite so much, but I do cause I get the experience that comes with them. They do a great job and uh, there are three full-time groomers and we're open Tuesday, Tuesday through Saturday. Perfect. And it just Perfect. depends on what breed you have, you know, what the cost is. Every breed's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you go by hands-on time. So if you have a dog that has a ton of fur, it's going to take a lot more hands-on time to blow dry them, to you know, give them mm-hmm. two baths and things like that. So it just depends on their breed how much how much the pricing is for that. Mm-hmm. A question that just popped into my mind: yeah. What if someone really wants to get their dog groomed, but their dog is very anxious, doesn't you know, like doesn't like to be touched in the paws, or um, doesn't you know, like can get feisty like stranger danger almost you know how would you handle a situation like that well i will tell you in the most severe cases we do have dogs that the owner has to put them on like a cbd oil Mm -hmm. or a trazodone or something like that from the vet because they just they didn't get them desensitized to that kind of touching as as a puppy and so then we'll get them they'll say look my my doodle needs 
to be groomed than doodles. They have to, you know, you have to keep up with the doodles hair. It gets tight and you have to shave them down. Uh, but we do get dogs that really haven't been to a groomer since they were, uh, you know, two or three, they're two or three years old when we get them. And sometimes they have to be put on some anti-anxiety uh, medication first. So we do get those in there. And there's some dogs that we just get them in there. And they're so nervous and so anxious, no one can get near them because they get a little bitey. Mm-hmm. And so for those dogs that are really, really bad, they might have to go to a vet and get sedated to even like touch their nails sometimes. So it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're kind of just a hardcore dog, our girls can do it. But if they're real, real, real rough, then they might have to go to a vet to get sedated for anything, you know, like na- some nails. We get nails that are almost embedded in the paw sometimes because the owner doesn't Ooh. bring them too often. And it's not really there. It's hard to see some of those nails, so they just don't know. And then they'll get them in there, and the nail will be embedded, and they didn't even know it. So. Ooh, yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like a nasty vet bill too. Yeah, I mean to get the nail, and sometimes you don't know because I got so much fur over their paws, so the owner just it wasn't mm-hmm. neglect. They just didn't know about it because I got so much fur. And then we get them at the, at the grooming shop. Like oh. you take some of that fur down, then you can see the the bone structure and nail structure and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now you and me were talking off air a little bit about some courses that you offer too. You mm-hmm. offer something, the good citizens course. Could you tell us about those? Yeah. So a lot of people come to us. Fortunately for us, we get a lot of people find us on the internet and then they'll say, Hey, I want to get my puppy in your class. So they come through puppy puppy training, which is our canine boot camp, or they'll do private training with us. And then after that, they say, hey, what do you got next after puppy class? I want something. You know, they want to keep continue on training with their dogs. So the, our middle of the road, our uh, intermediate course is kind of, I run it like the, the canine good citizen course is kind of like our intermediate training. And that's one hour a week for six weeks. And it's 150 for all six classes. And that's mm-hmm. actually an AKC course that I have to run by AKC guidelines. Uh, the puppy class, I run it by our own standards. Uh, but the EKC course, I have to go by their guidelines. And after the dog passes, assuming they pass, uh, uh-huh. they will get a ribbon. They'll get a little medal they can hang on their neck, and then you can send away to AKC, and they'll send you a certificate with your dog's first title, which would be a, a CGC or a Canine Good Citizens title, and your dog has their first title. Some people like to chase those titles for their dogs, and they go through uh, agility classes and things like that, which we are going to offer uh, at some point, uh, our one trainer, uh, Gary, he has a pit bull that's like an agility star. And so mm-hmm. to get a pit bull to do agility is tough enough, but everybody comes and watch the pit bull do agility. And Gary, one of our trainers, he, he he's going to be doing that. He's going to be, we're going to start doing agility classes also this summer. Uh, so you got a puppy class, you got our intermediate, which would be our connect good citizen class. We're going to start some agility classes this summer. And then we also have, um, we call it our special ops class. And we don't do those very often because it's a special class. Um, mm. Myself and Tony are going to do that, and Gary will probably pop in and out. Uh, but what it is is we set up a course like a military canine course, and it builds confidence. They call it a confidence course for the military dogs. And it builds their confidence because there's a dog walk, and then there's a tunnel system that we set up. And then, of course, there's different jumps and obstacles that they got to go through with their handler. And then towards the end of the course, you know, we start very slow to build a dog's confidence. And towards the end of the course, then we start timing people to see who's the fastest, who's the best. And then this year, uh, we might throw a couple night sessions in there and do uh, use some night vision goggles. Ooh. So, that, 
so the handlers can see what it's like for military handlers to go through that with their dog. Because your dogs change at night. Their senses are different at night. They act different at night. And so it's kind of neat to watch a canine through night vision goggles and see how they react to certain stimulus, you know. Ooh, I like that. That sounds like an awesome course. Yeah. And once you get that agility up and running, please contact me because I've got one agile dog right here for you. <laughs> this boy can, let me tell you, this boy can jump. He can run. He can do it all. Yeah, well, yeah good. <laughs> we like to see him. <laughs> and his description when I adopted him, they wrote in there, uh, must have a... Um, Higher than a four-foot fence. Yeah. So, and he yeah. had once. Yep, did he? He can jump. That's all we're saying. He can jump, and the boy's fast too. We'll so, get you. Well, that we'll get you in that agility course. We start. Awesome. So, from all this training, all of this, you know, working with dogs, you must have some really funny stories or some really like top-notch stories that you always like remember or look back on and just chuckle at. Can you share some of those stories with you? Um, well, I mean, my, in my opinion, I believe my police dog actually saved my life a couple, he was a drug dog. So we sort of went after drug dealers, mm. I've got a few hairy situations where my, my canine dog actually, I, I believe saved me from like the one we pulled over a drug dealer one time and I sort of felt something was funny. So I had him pull, get out of the car and I started, you know, searching him for weapons, but I also smelled a little odor of something i knew that uh mm. wasn't supposed to have and as soon as uh, i started wrestling the guy baggies of marijuana started flying out mm. he was fighting by the street trying to get back in his car and his buddy came around to help him and i yelled for my canine to be on alert and he started barking and salivating but the other guy that was coming to help him was kind of he was afraid of dogs and so as soon as he saw my dog he he froze in fear didn't move and that allowed me to get this guy kind of under control and then another unit came we got him under arrest but what i found out later he was going back under the seat for it was a loaded 38 special oh so he was trying to get to his gun and i think if his buddy had come over uh, i think it, you know the, yeah. the other guy it would then i would have had a lot harder time if not you know he, he might have got to it so mm. and then so that was one time and then one time uh a guy broke into a bank at night. Now he was high on some drugs or something. And of course the canine guys, canine leads the way. So we go in first, you know, the guy's in the bank. We don't know if he's armed. So we open up a window, send in the canine. I go after the canine and we didn't know where the guy was at. So my dog Ringo was searching the whole bank. And then finally he alerted on the bathroom door. And that was the door that was closed. So I opened the bathroom door, had Ringo's collar. And the guy was sitting on the, uh, toilet with his hands i couldn't see his hands you know show me your hands show me your hands wouldn't do it so eventually you got to make contact with him and that was uh, we didn't that was prior to tasers you know pepper spray didn't work on the guy but uh, we didn't have tasers back then every every police department's a little different when they pick up their tasers nowadays almost everybody has tasers but back then mm -hmm. they didn't. you had an asp which was like a baton and pepper spray in your firearm so he wouldn't show me his hands, wouldn't show me his hands. But uh, so then I went to approach him and he pulled out his hands. And uh, just before I went to grab him, he had a knife. But Ringo, you know, he, he latched onto the guy's head before he could do anything with a knife and pulled him off the toilet. And when he pulled him off the toilet, the knife flew out of his hand. And I was able to get him handcuffed. And 
along with a few other officers that jumped in. But I think if I didn't have Ringo there, because he was way faster than I was, and he grabbed the guy by the head and just jerked him off that toilet. <laughs> and he was so startled by Ringo grabbing him by the head that the, the knife went flying. So he might have got me with that knife. I don't know. So Wow. Those are a couple stories from my, my old police dog that I'll never mm -hmm. forget. Because I might not be in here if it had not been for him. So They say, man's best friend, you know? Yeah, yeah well, I believe it. Mm -hmm. And what about like training stories, like going to a client's house and uh, like helping them with the dog? Do you have any good stories from that? Like any success stories, funny stories, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of success stories. Um, some dogs, when I go to their house uh, to start to do it, say for obedience, they pretend like they're just too tired to exist. You know, as soon as I grab my bag and I get ready to go leave, they're like popping up. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good to go now. But when you get there, they just pretend like they, they're too tired. They can't even be a dog. You know, I don't want to do this obedience. It's just too much for me. And then I'll go go to grab my bag to leave. And that always makes makes me laugh when I see that sometimes. And then I've had dogs that just they don't want to listen to me. I've had dogs where I'm telling the owner what they should do to correct the problem. The dog will start howling. And then as soon as I stop talking, they'll stop. And then as soon as I start talking to you, the dog will howl again. I've had that happen. So they'll, they'll howl like they don't want their owner to hear what I'm telling them. I've had oh. that numerous times. So those are probably the funnier things. Or the dogs that I'll do obedience with them and they just won't look at me. Like I'll put them in a sit-stay where they're supposed to look at me and they'll just go, I'm not looking at you. They just won't look at me. I've had that happen numerous times. They're just, they don't want to look at me. I don't want to see you. I don't want to smell you. I don't want anything. So. But yeah, dogs are funny. That's why I like training because they got personalities like people. Oh, yes. So when we train, like they'll say, okay, it's this breed. Well, okay, this breed. I take 20% of breed characteristics. This breed does this. But I train for 80% personality. You know, I'm not really concerned with breed quite so much. You know, mm -hmm. just a little bit to know the breed characteristics. But 80% what I train for is the personality of the dog, as you know. Mm-hmm. So. I was about to say, what, what about in that case when the dog's a mix or like unknown breed, you know? Yeah, unknown breeds, then I just go with kind of, I'll try to figure out what breed I kind of think it is. But then I don't really train for that anyways so much. I always look at, uh, you know, what their personality is. So. Mm -hmm. Well, you've definitely met this character over here. I did. I did. Yes. I'll, never, I'll never forget it. I think you were mentioning like how dogs won't look at you or dogs were like how, you know, kind of. Uh -huh. I remember this guy. After like the middle of the training, all of a sudden you were doing something. All of a sudden he ran right by me and just sat down like, hello, you're going to keep this guy in the house or something? Yeah. <laughs> you do something about this guy? Yeah. He's like, and you looked at me and went, you're his person. Yeah, he picked you. Yep. Dad, aren't you going to kick this guy out of here? <laughs> yes. And there's a funny story with that because my sister fostered him when uh, he yeah. was up for adoption. That's how we met. And... um. I was, um, excuse me, I, there was one day I was at work, so I had to drop him out, or so I had to keep him at my sister's house, and he got out, and my sister's house is only, what, five minutes away from us, not even, like, three? Not even, yeah. Yeah, three, she's, she's in Lawrence Park, too, and all of a sudden, the dog, so the dog escapes, she catches him on East Lake Road, thankfully on the sidewalk, and she had like what she calls a doggy psychic. I've never, I don't know if you've ever heard of something like that before. I've heard of people calling ourselves doggy psychics. Yeah. Yeah. So I, from the sounds of your voice, you and me are on the same page with that, you know? So um, 
you know, so the dog, apparently the doggy sidekick talked to him and he said he was going to go find his daddy. So, <laughs> yeah, that was the doggy doing? I was looking for my daddy. Yeah. So, and to answer, to answer John's question here, yes, um, he will be, we will be taking questions. If you have any questions, feel free to type them in the comments and we will get to them as soon as we can. So, Bill, please feel free to ask questions during this stream. We always encourage it here at BuddyCast. But back to our questions, the next question I have for you is um, what are some of the most common things people come to you for help for when it comes to dog training? Uh, well, I will tell you this. Our training has sort of evolved. We're, first, we did a lot of obedience training at people's houses. But then when we started our group classes, uh, a lot of people bring their puppies to us. So we get the puppies in for a canine boot camp or puppy boot camp. But our behavior modifications have just skyrocketed. Okay, my dog tries to eat other people. My dog tries to eat other dogs. That's a huge common one that we work on probably weekly. We probably do, we probably do 10 or 15 behavior modifications a week sometimes uh, between me and uh, Tony, our other trainer. Uh, but the, the common ones is my dog jumps on people. My dog tries to eat other dogs, eat other people, uh, jumping sometimes digging, but usually jumping on people and the dog reactive, things like that are probably the most common behavior modifications that we fix all the time. So mm. now you and me are in Erie. What if a non-Erie resident wants to wants to consult you for something? You know, hey, I heard you on BuddyCast. I yeah. you're exactly everything I'm looking for. I'm not in Erie. I'm in Meadville. I'm in somewhere in Ohio, something like that. So I don't think I can necessarily come to a location or it'd probably be costly for you to come to me. What would you do in that case if they're truly seeking help? Well, I've, you know, I've kind of thought about kicking around the idea of doing some zoom dog training. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's not out of the question. I mean, sometimes people call me and they'll ask me, you know, a quick question or something. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but I have been thinking about doing some zoom dog training, you know, getting the owner in front of me so I can see their dog and I can kind of coach them that way. Uh, if it's like a quick, hey, my dog won't go to the bathroom outside, stuff like that. I, sometimes I'll try to help people out. But for like a true dog training session, I, I'm looking into setting that up probably. Hopefully this summer I'll be able to get that set up a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I will say if you're looking for a really good program, you can use this like Zoom too. I always say this is like a mix of Zoom and Facebook Live, but yeah, you can just use it for the calling part too. It's called StreamYard, so... Yeah, I have not heard of that till tonight. I'm kind of uh, yeah. not digitally savvy just yet. So. Mm -hmm. I'll teach you all about it. So right. It's one of, my favorite, one of my favorite products here. Okay. So that brings up the next question. How can people contact you? Where can we locate you? Give us the business info. Uh, uh, yeah, well, usually well, we train. I train out of two buildings, but I also go to people's houses. So if they call me uh, on our training line, which is 814 six zero two eight two seven three that's our dog training line uh and then sometimes we're training we can't answer but we'll get back to you and then you could also you know sometimes people get a hold of me through the the grooming shop so they'll call in a grooming shop tlc grooming or lake your canine grooming that's eight nine nine eight one four eight nine nine five seven nine five and then uh the dog daycare that's in lawrence park and the grooming shop's kind of just next to the dog daycare and the dog daycare. I haven't memorized that one yet. The dog daycare is 
520-5751. And that's uh, Lake Erie K9 to 5 Dog Dig Care. So we're all related. And the, the two businesses right next to each other. So people can come to me for training or Tony or Gary, or we can come to their house. It just depends what they need. Mm-hmm. And could you repeat the... Uh... Could you repeat the training one real quick? The training line is 814-602-8273. And that's where we take most of our, sometimes they'll try to get a hold of me through the other businesses and I'll get the message like a few days later. And then the owner will say, well, I called you a week ago and I'm, I'm so sorry. I did. Sometimes I don't get those messages for a few days. So. But if they call the dog training line directly, I'll, I can get to them a lot faster. Yes. We have a comment from the audience, which is, since Mike did police work, when I lived in another state, I saw a police canine demonstration. They did protection work. They searched. Very interesting, I will say. Uh, I will say I've been kind of keeping this on the down low. Uh, mm-hmm. I do I do want to get a Belgian Malinois puppy, which is uh, what a lot of police departments are going to uh, for their police dogs and the German Shepherds, of course. But I do want to get a Belgian Malinois, kind of train him up as a demo dog or a demonstration dog. When I was in the military, I was on the, we called it the demo team or the demonstration team. And they sent me all around Texas to do dog shows, basically to show crowds and uh, civilians what the military dogs are capable of. So I am kind of looking towards that, but I have to find a good breeder where I can get a, you know, a, a very good Belgian Malinois so we can do that. So I might be doing that but that would probably kind of be towards the end of the summer because i'd have to get the dog in first mm-hmm. i will say someone is on the side here just made a gesture as in uh, i think she might be able to help you with that so possibly possibly <laughs> so you might be you might have a prayer answer tonight awesome. and um we also have a question in the comments that said um does mike teach tracking searching for articles in case i lose something you know just to have a dog to protect the family um i did do a tracking for a private client uh, we did a couple classes with this person i haven't done it as a group class yet uh, and the reason is we're so busy with the i mean we probably do six or seven boot camps a week and we're probably doing 15 20 private sessions a week and so the reason i really haven't got into the tracking yet and there, there there's some people calling for that is just because I, we've been so busy and there's just me and two other trainers, but I am kind of looking at bringing someone else on this. I think this summer is going to be a big summer for us. So, mm-hmm. but I, I, it's not out of the question because uh, I, I did a tracking class uh, for a private uh, client, and so did Tony. Tony did a tracking class for somebody. So, we're thinking about, we're kind of flirting with that idea if I can get Tony on board to do it because <laughs> he has more time yeah. than me. <laughs> Now, buddy, you mentioned phone numbers earlier. What about a website where people can go and learn more yeah. about you? If you just go to LakeErieK9.com, and the K9 is not spelled the, the traditional way. It's just Lake Erie and a K and a 9.com. Uh, we do have a website. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I really haven't had time to update it, so it's not the you know, really, really super professional like like you might do. But it's uh, but it's but we're getting there, so. Mm-hmm. We just kind of put it up real quick, and uh, but it is up there, and it does tell a little bit about us. Yes. Now, but buddy, our Facebook you. page. We do have a Facebook page too. Ooh. Yes. So if you go on Facebook and look up Lake Erie Canine, the, the Lake Erie Canine, we're on there. So that 
and we post the dogs. When we train a dog, we'll post a dog on Lake Erie Canine. A lot of people like seeing yes. the dog on Facebook. So. Yes, that was a that was a proud moment for us. Yes, nervous <laughs> <laughs> moments we've had. Yes, another question from the audience: Will Mike train people to do dog training with him? I will personally answer that for you, which is um, if he's asking about like training humans, which is yes, but for that, I think would you take that question? Would well, you train? I, you mean? Well, when yes. I train is the question. When I train, I train the, the yes. owner how to do the training because after I'm done, it's them. Yes. So when we do all our training, I I'll take the dog once in a while. So mm -hmm. my, our other trainers will take the dog for a minute, but then we give them back to the handler or the owner because after we're done with the six weeks, the class is kind of geared towards training them how to train their dog. Yes. Because if I if I train the dog, it doesn't help them quite so much. But if I train them how to fix it, tweak it, or adjust it then they know what to do when we're done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, our, our training is geared that way. Yes. And what about the, what about the other route of this question, which um, is that like, would you train other trainers is what I think they're trying to get. Like, oh. would you be willing to help train other trainers? Train, train people to become trainers. Oh yeah. I mean, we, I'll probably need a new trainer this summer. So, you know, depending on yeah, this summer, I'll probably will look for to add an additional trainer or two dependent March is really when the slow time for us is usually right after Christmas in January. And then February and March, we start picking up. But this year has not really slowed down. We have a lot of COVID dogs, dogs that were like pent up with mom and dad. And then we see yep. problems with that because they weren't socialized, right? Mm. So this year really has not slowed down for us. So, But this summer, I'll probably be looking for a trainer or two. Mm -hmm. And that brings up a good topic to me. What Have, have you seen what they call COVID dogs or let's even say holiday dogs. Mom and dad get little Joey a dog for Christmas thinking it's going to be so cute having under the press, you know, waking up in the morning. Don't realize the responsibility that comes with it. Don't realize like the hardships and then come to you in a panic moment. Like, what do we do? What, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, we do. We have seen a lot of separation and anxiety in dogs because of COVID mom or dad are home, work at home. And then all of a sudden several months later go by and the dog's you know eight nine months old and mom and dad are going to home trying to crate train a dog and that don't work so well uh, i do like crate training i always tell people crate train often you know and that way the dog kind of learns to self-soothe someone's coming back to get them they're not going to die you know and versus letting them have the run of the house i really when dogs more mature for sure but i, I do like crate training initially just to kind of so first so your dog doesn't destroy your house mm -hmm. you know? And secondly, they learn to self-soothe that they'll be okay. Someone's coming back to get them. But we have been seeing a lot of COVID dogs that have super, super separation anxiety. And anxiety is one of the hardest things to work through a dog. Sometimes we'll recommend like a CBD oil type product to them or go mm -hmm. to their vet for something. Or uh, there's also a product called a Thunder Shirt. Mm. It kind of goes on. It feels like a constant hug. And the Thunder Shirts, I've seen dogs that have a lot of anxiety turn into a marshmallow. Once you mm -hmm. put that thunder shirt on, they just like, oh, okay, kind of like swallowing a baby, swaddling a baby. Mm -hmm. So there's different products out there for that. It just depends on your dog how how severe it is. You know, some dogs have a lot of anxiety. So, mm -hmm. like I told you, the great escape artist is sitting right next to me. We <laughs> thankfully we found the crate that works now. Yeah. Hopefully, like I said, if he breaks out of this, I'm either going to you for desperate help, like what next, or 
taking him on the road and taking him to America's Got Talent and said, I'll be back in five minutes. Let me know how he does. Well, yeah. you basically got a gorilla crate. So if he breaks out of that, I'm going on the road with you because I want to watch that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And thankfully, um, it was and thankfully our my um fiance's father was in town the other week and he tightened it up too. So yeah, oh, uh, he just did some work around the house. Together, right, to be honest, yeah. and that's how he got out. Yeah. So he's you out. My dad fixed it. Yep. Her dad looked <laughs> so at it. So somebody us. didn't put it together right. Yep. Her dad looked at it and said, This it's curtains for this dog. It's over. He's not getting out of this. <laughs> Sorry. So, yep. So now, buddy, we have two more questions for you to make oh. this an official buddy cast. Sure. The first is brought to us by our good buddy Jonas Kane at hashtag positivity, which is in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Uh, buddy, being a buddy. You know, being there for, my definition of being a, someone's buddy might be different than somebody else because I had to rely on other people mm-hmm. to basically save my butt, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's there for you all the time, you know, thick or thin, they're always there. You know, I, I heard a term one time that says, you know, blood isn't always, uh, you know, blood, you know, blood's thicker than water. You all heard that, but, you know, family isn't always blood and blood isn't always family. That's one thing that always stuck with me. So sometimes my, military my police buddies or my training buddies are just like family to me so you know being a buddy is a little you know it can be different for everybody so beautiful love it and the final question is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question which is what is your advice to anybody who wants to be doing what you're doing this can be a three-part question for you because you have three different businesses like for anyone who wants to be a dog trainer who wants to be a groomer who wants to work with dogs well if you want to work with dogs i mean as you know knowledge is power mm-hmm. so you know like even when i watch another trainer i'll always watch another trainer and i'll try to pick up some things that i like that they're doing and if i don't like what they're doing i'll bump that uh, but i always watch other trainers you know watch other trainers videos there's some pretty good videos online if you look at some trainers so pick up as much as you can and then maybe go work with a trainer or see if you can you know if there other trainers are hiring and you can go work but you know pick up as much knowledge before you go and and i always when i try to learn i always try to be a coachable sponge i think nowadays people you know they just want to talk too much you know, so if I watch another trainer, I'm just a coachable sponge, you know, like when I went through grooming school because COVID was so bad, I lost groomers and stuff. People couldn't work. And so I actually had to go to grooming school and learn how to groom. And my goal when I went to grooming school wasn't to talk about myself. I just wanted to be a coachable sponge. And that's what I did. I kept my mouth shut and I tried to learn as much as possible. And uh, that's what that's what I tell people for that. And for grooming, if you want to be a groomer, I would go see if you could get a, a job as a bather. And, and the bather would they'll do nails and then they'll bathe the dogs and the technical grooms are left for the the groomers that go to grooming school, but I didn't know how hard grooming was until I went to grooming school. I mean, I watched my groomers do it right, and I thought, oh, that's not so bad. Then I went to grooming school. No, it's it's hard. It's back breaking. You know, dogs are sometimes they're naughty. They'll try mm-hmm. to bite you, and it's hard. You know, scissors and dogs fur, and you you don't want to cut them, and it's really hard. So if you want to be a groomer, I would go be a bather first and do nails and learn how to do that. And if you can survive a month of that, then maybe you can. You know, would want to go to a grooming school. 
as far as the dog daycare, we always, you know, look for dog daycare people. It's hard too. A lot of people think you're petting puppies all day. That is not all you do. You're, you're cleaning up urine. You're cleaning up feces. You're you're keeping this dog, you know, making sure the dogs just get along. And you're kind of like a referee, yeah, mm-hmm. a referee that cleans and picks up dog uh, excrement and stuff like that. You know, it's not just petting puppies all day along. Because we do get girls that come in there and they'll say, oh, I just want to pet puppies. It's not that. It can be that. But yeah. most of the time you're, you're refereeing and you're cleaning up stuff. So as for dog training. Like I said, just get as much knowledge as you can, watch some videos, and and then maybe see who's hiring. You know, I know there's other dog trainers. I don't know who's hiring right now, but every so often, you know, people, dog trainers will hire. Mm-hmm. All righty, buddy. Well, thank you so much for stopping here on BuddyCast. It was it's great talking to you. I learned some stuff today. I'm sure my fiance has learned plenty. She's got a big grin on her face right now, so... <laughs> Please, if anyone out there in the Erie area or just on BuddyCast area wants to learn more, please, LakeErieK9.com. Feel free to reach out to Mike. We did, and he has been nothing but helpful the entire time. So I truly applaud and thank you for that. And I have, for having on. I appreciate it. Yes. And I have one favor to ask you before we sure. close out the show, which yeah. is go be someone's buddy today. Stick around for a minute because we'll chat afterwards. But for everyone out there on BuddyCast land, we'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. <laughs> well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't feel none it can make it, buddy. Hey buddies, you're thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.